I'm here for the the just crazy, seems like it should be impossible, um, the personal challenge. It's really just the person. Like, everyone's, why are you doing this? Why not? It's an opportunity. It was presented, and I had the chance to do it. It doesn't matter what the challenge is for you. You know, if you haven't run a marathon before, maybe this is your inspiration that, hey, I'm gonna, I've been thinking about signing up for this race. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go ahead and do it. You know, it seems impossible to me. Let's go ahead and do it. You don't know what's impossible until you give it a try. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 55 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. Meet Dr. Steph Plum, doctor by day, pilot, skydiver, travel and big adventure junkie, co-host of the Airline Pilot Guy Show, an aviation podcast, and at the center of her crazy busy life is running. It keeps her grounded and chasing huge life goals. Steph just completed three avid world marathon majors in eight days to earn her coveted six-star respect. She flew 11,168 miles on American Air, sponsor plug, ran 81.7 miles because she had a toss in a 5K in Chicago to keep things spicy, and jumped through all the COVID test hoops. Steph brings a big smile and the most positive, playful energy to life. We broke it all down Tuesday morning, post-Boston, and hope you all enjoy the banter as much as we did. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Stephanie Plummer, welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you doing this morning? Oh my gosh, Ron, I'm doing so amazing. I'm so glad we're finally getting to sit down and have this conversation. It took a little while and we talked about what sort of content we were going to rip when we sat down for this big moment. But when the girl decides to go three marathons in eight days, it was all set in stone. There's the content. <laughs> and here we go. That's what it's going to be all about. So you've been living the whirlwind tour like just absolutely bananas and we got to break it all down. So everybody at home, Steph just decided one day, which we're going to get into the nitty gritty on, I'm going to run three world marathon majors in eight days and said, I'll figure the logistics out because I'm a travel badass person that can pull shit together. Admirals Club, American Airlines, rocking all the miles. So mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I can pull this off. Yeah. It, you know, and that's really how it went down. And and we, we talked about before, you mentioned we were like thinking about ways to do this podcast and sit down and what we should talk about. Should we make it about travel? Should we make it about the experience? And it's, it's going to be about that. But um, yeah, I basically, as I was coming into fall marathon season and all of these marathons because of COVID got pushed into the fall, just decided, yeah, we're going to go for it. We're going to, we're going to do a bunch of marathons here. Love it. The crazy ideas, the craziest ideas in life are the ones that make us spend a little extra time in the bathroom or maybe, <laughs> or maybe think about throwing up after we put it out to the universe that we commit to it. Then it's like, oops, what have I done? If you're feeling like that out there, Run Chats audience, now you know you're on to something, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. So so how did this all come about? Let's, let's start there. So um, if we go way back to the very beginning, I've been running um, marathons since 2013, and I was not a runner growing up. I was a swimmer, 
kind of hated running, told a lot of people I was not ever going to do any sort of distance running, and um, basically got talked into it one year to run with a charity for a good friend of mine in, in Chicago. And I said, okay, I can I can do that. I thought it would be one and done, run Chicago in 2013, and, and move on from there. Well, then it became this yearly recurring thing where I had to you know, step up and run for the charity again. And, and it's a huge, it's a great worthwhile cause, the uh, Illinois Spina Bifida Association. I've been running for them for a number of years now. Um, but after a while, I kind of realized I actually liked the marathon running part of it. It was, it was fun. I, it was enjoyable. I felt like I was, uh, you know, decent at running distances, not a fast runner. We'll get into that at some point here, but um, I enjoy the experience of it. I like being there in the crowds. I like all the people. Um, and I, I like the hard work that goes into knowing that you're going to you're going to finish it and you're going to have this huge accomplishment at the end. So then it became, hmm, I should try some some other marathons and see what else is out there besides Chicago. Chicago's amazing, but surely there's this whole world of, <clears throat> excuse me, of marathon running that's going to be yeah, fantastic. Um, so long story short, because we're going to get into these eight marathons in, in three days here, um, uh, down the road, ran, started running the other majors. So I ran Boston, ran New York, ran Berlin, ran Tokyo. And then I just had this one remaining for my sixth star, which was London. And I was all signed up, set to do it last year in April of 2020. I had all my flights booked. That was going to be this amazing travel adventure. Uh, and then the pandemic happened and we all know where that went. So London didn't happen in person that year. I did run the virtual. It was one of the only virtuals I did. Um, 105 laps on a track in my hometown. <laughs> I remember that post. <laughs> with my crazy friends in tow. They were just sitting there cheering me on, drinking a beer, and I was running all these laps at like midnight. Um, that was a fun experience. Um, but it didn't count for the the six star, you know. Um, and I had my entry through through Marathon Tours, another wonderful organization just to, to help you get your travel done, no matter what what marathon it is. They do things all around the world. So definitely check them out. But, um, they gave us options. They said, well, you can run in 2021. It's going to be in October. I, went, ah, I just don't know the state of the world yet. If that's going to be a good idea. I don't know if we're going to have enough vaccines in place or if travel, you know, European travel is going to be, be, uh, something that's possible. Um, so I picked April of 20, 2022. I said, I'll, I'll just push mine out until April Logistically, that's probably going to be better. I'll have friends that I can go do it with at that point. Um, and then fast forward to like, what was it, six weeks ago maybe? London goes, oh, just kidding. Our 2022 race is going to be in October as well. And I went, I'm just tired of waiting for this. <laughs> like, I don't I don't want to push this off anymore. It's my sixth star. Like, I, it should have happened last year. I just, I'm ready. Like, let, let's do this. So at this point, I'm already signed up for Chicago um, of this year, 2021. So I've got that on the, the table. And London's going to be the week before. And even before we get to London, um, I ran a really great race in Chicago in 2019 and qualified for Boston. I didn't qualify by a lot, but I was like, it, in any normal year, it probably would have just snuck me in under the wire. And then this year, again, COVID pandemic reduced that field size down to 20,000 or whatever number it was. I think that's about right. Um, and I didn't get in, didn't make the, the cutoff. And I was like, wow, but it's going to be a fall marathon or, or fall Boston. It's the 125th edition. I, I qualified for it. I'd like to I'd like to go run it. So I'd run in 2018 with a great charity organization. I called them up and said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd really like to run. Do you have any charity spots left? I know it's kind of last minute. And they said, yeah, we've had trouble kind of filling all of them because it's logistically hard for people to travel still and get here. We'd love to have you on the team. I said, great. So I'm going, okay, well, I've got Chicago on Saturday and, and Boston, <laughs> or I'm sorry, Chicago on Sunday, Boston on Monday. 
uh, this is going to be a little nuts. I've never done anything like this before. Um, and then this London opportunity came up too. You know, they, they pushed it to October of, of next year. I said, I just, I just don't want to wait. Um, so I started looking into that and they had the same thing with charities still looking for people to, to fill charity spots and help them, you know, meet their target goals. So, um, I got in touch with one of those. Um, again, I had a friend running for, for that same charity and they're like, yes, we, we absolutely would love to have you. And now this is like three weeks before the race is actually happening. I have this entry to London all of a sudden and hadn't set up travel plans for any of these races at that point. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we got to, to that part of it. To three and eight days. Yeah. And, you know, the travel booking thing is always something. We have the huge shared love of travel and running adventures. And I mean, we were messaging back and forth about London and we're like, uh, I haven't booked flight yet. I don't even booked a hotel yet. <laughs> yeah. And my friends are all like, what are you waiting for? I'm like, I'm going to wait a little longer. I just want to make sure the race doesn't cancel. Well, yeah, there was still some uncertainty, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you, as a race director, you just knew he was going to push that race forward. He wasn't going to buckle. He wasn't going to fold. Yeah. And so that was awesome. And and I think it also helped that Berlin went forward a week before. Right. So it kind of just let it be known that Berlin took the step forward. No way London was going to back down. And I don't think any of us here in the States, where we're from, were really worried about Chicago or Boston happening because we all kind of knew they were. Mm -hmm. It wasn't... And then Marine Corps, which is one of the oldest races in the U.S. and with great tradition and great logistics and a wonderful cause, they... They folded and, mm-hmm. and couldn't put the race forward. And again, it's just hard, man. You got to work with municipalities. You got to work with the towns and the communities along the route. And if you don't have people that are fully on board, it yeah. just takes a few people to say, sorry, we don't want this to happen. And, yeah. Um, we, we just think the liability is too great. You yeah. know, if if the if all of the the different people that you think you have to, all the different organizations you have to partner with to put on a big marathon. If one of them comes to the table and says, mm, our risk and liability is too big, that's it. Like plug gets pulled. Yeah. And then, and then we obviously, we, we spiral backwards and people get that feeling again of almost hopelessness. Like we're not moving forward. We're stuck. We're in neutral. And then we're going back in reverse. And I should have introed you in the beginning as a doctor, because it's <laughs> Dr. Steph, as we know, uh, F- has a big time Twitter following and has her own podcast, which is on aviation and piloting, because the girl's a pilot too. So she's a boss <laughs> in many areas of life. Doctor, pilot, skydiver, three times marathon in eight days, marathon majors, excuse me. Um, you know, And she doesn't have the private jet like Shalane and the team no. taking care of her. So, But she does have her dad and her brothers who surprised her overnight and flew in, which, which had to be like a huge lift for you. Right? Oh, great, great support system. Yeah. It wasn't too much of it. I knew they were coming, but it was, it was nice to have their, their support. I've, I've just the most supportive family. I told them I want to do these things that sound absolutely insane to other people. And they go, Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, can we come and support you? I say, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it, it was nice to see them at the finish uh, or very near the finish in Boston yesterday. Um, they were hanging out right around mile 25. So, uh, you know, coming in that last home stretch where you're digging deep and, you know, you're like on mile 80 of 81 in eight days. And it, it's it's a huge lift to see your family sitting there. I stopped and took a selfie with them. They're like, why are you stopping? I'm like, why wouldn't I stop to document this this moment? It's it's important to me. And I think that's a great point to dig in a little further on. Um, we both share enormous love of the run selfie, of nice. post-run selfies, and also shooting where we run. You know, the cities and the countries where we go, um, you know, getting really high quality photos. It tells the story. It's preserved. Mm-hmm. Our own memories, of course, are preserved. But the photos give you that 
cataloged history of races. And look, that's where we met, man, was in Tokyo. We'd never met. We're Facebook friends and we're in all sorts of running groups together. And, you know, we did the shakeout around the palace, the emperor's palace, which was epic. And, you know, I knew when you photobombed me and uh, Jose Carlos Soto <laughs> top, yeah. I know we were going to be friends for a long time because that's the kind of shit I'm usually doing. And I was like, okay, she's cool. That that picture will live forever. Every year it comes up in my memories. I'm like, yes, that was that yeah. was the best. And it was totally spontaneous. You know, you guys were having your, your picture taken by someone there at the emperor's, <laughs> I forget exactly what it's called, the emperor's palace, something yeah. along those lines. And I just saw this opportunity. I just ran behind and timed it perfectly where I just jumped up, like arms outstretched. And I'm there in the background with this ridiculous grin on my face. Um, and you guys didn't know that that happened in that moment until you saw the picture after the fact. And it's, it's so great. Greatest photo um, and and coincidentally, uh, you were there for my six star in Tokyo. That's Carlos right. Carlos was there for my six star, and uh, Mark Tebby was there for my six star. Mm-hmm. And now you all earned your six stars this year. Yep. So Mark and Carlos in London, and you in got London. your six star in London also, as well. Yep. So the three of you, the triumvirate, you know, <laughs> earned them in the same place, and I got to be there for all. For all of you, did you get yours. to? Yeah, I, I I missed out on seeing my my. We'll get back to my London logistics here in a moment because it's yeah. a little crazy. But my trip was pretty short, so I didn't get to see. Unfortunately, Carlos or, or Mark, did you get to see them in London as well? You were there a bit longer than I was. Yeah, I did because we had the World Marathon Age Group Championships oh, that's right, that's events right. that we were part. We're in the race, the World Marathon Age Group race itself. But there were quite a few parties, and Abbott World Marathon majors just threw. An amazing all-around yeah. weekend of events. I yeah. mean, we got to meet you and, you know, the race team, you know, from from London mm-hmm. and meet the runners from all around the world. We were on our own Facebook page just talking about, was this race ever going to happen? This right. World Age Group Championships that was supposed to happen in 2020 and 2021. And, you know, it just seemingly, like all races, yeah. you wondered if it was actually going to occur. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did get to spend some time. And I was a little bummed for all of you. Because when I crossed in Tokyo, I was delirious and it was, you know, hypothermia. Team hypothermia. <laughs> yeah, I was team, I was team hypothermia at the starting line. Mark knows this and any of the runners that were there with me in the starting area, they could see I was like already turning blue. Um, so when I crossed, you know, they sang to me like some, you know, cute Japanese girls were singing mm. to me and I don't even know what they were saying, but I was like happy. It's all I part think, of the experience. I, yeah, I think right? I cried for a few seconds and yeah. I went into the heated tent and got warm for like, I don't know, five minutes or less and they give you your medal. And then I walked down the road and, you know, it was like, I didn't even make it like, you know, two blocks and I was- Did you in, get pulled off by was, medical yeah, into the in, tent? <laughs> I was in a medical tent, but for all three of you, um, just because of COVID, you know, your, yeah, your six-star medals- I mean, they still medals, had a lot of precautions in yeah, place. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying the medal itself, the six-star medal yeah. being in the bag- it's just not the same. Now, Berlin did do the six-star ceremony. I know Chicago, Chicago did as did. well. They did and, here. I saw it. And yep. did as well. So I just feel bad. I know, look, man, uh, you're, you're life of the party everywhere you go, which is my style. And I know you roll with stuff however it goes down. That's but all right. I, I brought the party with me to Chicago because I stopped in the tent after I finished. And I said, hey, I got mine last weekend in London, but we weren't able to do this. Can I just stop and chat and take a photo for a second? And at the you know, the people at Abbott are so gracious. They're like, yeah, of course. You know, they were, they were doing a long form interview actually with a friend of mine from South Carolina. I didn't recognize him in the moment because he had his sunglasses on and all his run gear. Um, if I'd known it was him, I'd have been like, 
Alan, this is amazing. You're getting your six star today. And I knew he was there getting it. I just didn't recognize him at the moment, but they were doing this really, really long form yeah. interview with him about all the, you know, races he had done leading up to that point. Um, so that's really cool. I hope I can get a chance to go back and, and watch that. And I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you in the moment, but I kind of like, we kind of like moved him out of the way so I could like take my picture and chat with them for a second. And yeah, I just, I just, you know, typical me crash the, the party a little bit or bring the party with me. Once again, Steph photobombing people. This is not a selfie photobomb. This is some poor dude yeah. who's earned a six star. Undoubtedly, Lorna was doing the interview. My friend Lorna <laughs> probably, Campbell, head yeah. of marketing for yeah. Abbott. She's probably like, who is this chick? We just, we just interrupted doing? it. Yeah. We fully stopped it for a second Sorry. and then um, moved on. Alan, yeah, hang on a sec. We'll get back to you in a minute. Where were we? I'm not really sure. It's all about Steph. Got to get the six star photo. Yeah. Good job, girl. I would have yeah. literally done something similar or maybe hijacked it all together. So yeah. I'm with. I'm here I for couldn't, it. I couldn't even hang around that long though because again, travel logistics. I like finished Chicago. I'm like, I got to go to Boston now i gotta get i have a flight at four o'clock like i gotta go back to my hotel pack up all the things yeah maybe we should circle back to the whole like, yeah. travel logistics oh we're we're coming yeah. back to that we're that's exactly where we're coming yeah. back to because like we're both huge travel hounds and you know we're all about i'm united 1k you're what's that is it's American, exec, uh, executive platinum executive American, platinum yeah. with america so we're always rolling you know getting those business class fares to get the maximum amount of points making it's, sure we keep our yeah. brand loyalty dialed um, up but it, it comes clutch it comes very clutch when you need to do a lot of last minute planning mm -hmm. and logistics so i think it'd be fun let's talk like air miles how many miles you flew we know it's 81 miles you ran right 81.7 miles of of racing in the past yeah. week because there was a there was a 5k in there as well oh well <laughs> of course we had to throw a 5k in you know just you know just to spice things up a little you know yeah. keep the legs fresh I, I haven't missed out on that 5k in a number of years either we'll, we'll get to that in a second um but yeah so let's go back to the the uh just the logistics of planning yeah. all of the travel um and i kind of did it piecemeal and and I mean, your life is crazy busy. My life's crazy busy. And I'll sit down and I'll start working on something. And I'm like, okay, I got this and this. And then in my mind, sometimes I'm like, oh, I definitely booked that. And then I go back and look through <laughs> later and I can't find where I've booked this, that, or the other. And that's kind of how planning all of this was because it all came together very last minute. Um, and I was trying to help my family out with their travel logistics too. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I got flights and hotels and, you know, we'll figure out the transportation when I get to the cities. No, I, I did not a great job of like getting everything put together all in the, uh, all in a timely fashion. Um, so I did get the London flights nailed down pretty quickly. And I wanted, as soon as I knew I was going, I wanted to do that because um, sometimes if you don't time it right, they can be really pricey. Um, but I, I knew that, you know, I, I, I planned on that a little bit, but um, this is a little bit of a, a travel tip. Um, we'll, we'll go for how to get the, the business class flights for least amount of, uh, of dollars out of pocket. Love it. Um, so I, this flight, this trip to, to London, I didn't have the time off of work because I was planning on doing, you know, being here in Boston this weekend, Chicago the day before, but I had taken the week off of work leading up to it because it was two days in a row of running and I wanted to be rested. But that meant I, I didn't have anything before London off. So I had to leave Friday after work. So I, I flew Friday night, arrived Saturday morning in London. The race is on Sunday. Um, and really the only way you can do that and not be completely destroyed is to make sure that you get some sleep on the flight. So I'm coming out of the Charlotte area to London and they advertise that as a seven and a half, eight hour flight normally. Uh, I will say I've done that a number of times with the jet stream. It ends up being way less than that. So you have to really be thinking in advance, how am I going to maximize my sleep hours? Um, so it's really important to me to have that lie flat seat. Um, but when I logged on to book it, 
for a round trip business class fare, they wanted something like $8,000. And I went, ah, you know, I, I, that that's a little steep for me. So we're not going to do that. Um, but the premium economy fare was reasonable. So I booked that. And then I immediately went back into the app and there was an upgrade offer for well less than a third of the actual price of what they wanted if you were going to book it in advance. So just just know that those those deals out there exist. You have to kind of, you know, if you travel a lot, you kind of learn how that system works. Um, so I went back in and just got the business class fare for the way there. I was like, on the way back, I can have the premium economy seat. That's fine. I'll stretch and like be able to get up and move around a lot. Um, so finished work on Friday, went straight to the airport, hung out in the lounge for a little bit, got on the flight, um, talked to the the purser, the, the lead flight attendant. I said, hey, I'm really trying to maximize sleep tonight, but I need to eat. Um, can you just make sure all of my food comes together? Because sometimes they like to like space it out into like multiple courses. Yeah. And then come to find out, yeah, the captain comes out and gives a, p- a PA about the flight. And he's like, our flying time tonight is only going to be six hours and 40 minutes. And I'm going, no, I actually need the sleep time. <laughs> I would prefer to like get some some solid rest. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to eat, like have my one glass of wine and and really focus on sleeping. And I think I probably eked out about four and a half to five hours worth of sleep. Clutch. But, but that whole week leading up to it, I did not do a good job of sleeping either. I had like multiple nights in a row of like four and a half hours of sleep. So... I, I show up in London and I'd already been talking to Ron a little bit. He's like, yeah, come on, come on over to the hotel. We'll get breakfast. And I show up and I'm like, uh, you know, I was awake. I'm not sure how. <laughs> I think I was running on a lot of caffeine at that point. I, I don't know how bad did I look when I when I showed up. Was Girl, I, you, you look great, man. <laughs> okay. And then we got you hooked up with the concierge for the COVID well, test. So I was worried about all these different, um, you know, the, the COVID testing system over in the UK works a little bit differently than it does here. Here, they mostly want to see your proof of vaccination. If you're not vaccinated, you know, your PCR test. Um, but there, even to get into the expo or to get into the start line, you had to show the lateral flow, which are the rapid antigen tests. Um, and it has to be done there and they have their own system for it. And like this barcode that you scan or uh, QR code that you scan and upload the results. And I'm like trying to look and there's surprisingly little information online about all this process. And I'm like, well, is this something I can just get at like the pharmacy, the drugstore when I get there? And you're like, no, my, the concierge has them. Just come on over to the hotel. We'll get it done. So that was, that was key and perfect. And yeah, got me into the expo and. No, no worries. Shout out to Peter. Yes. Thank at you, Peter. At the Intercontinental Park Lane. Mm-hmm. You're a boss. Yep. He, and, he and hooked us up big time. Made things happen, for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that so that got you in. That got me in. And got you settled. Yep. All right. And then from there, you obviously had to dump your bags because you're literally running London the next morning. The next morning. Yeah. yeah. So we we did breakfast. I went, you, you had to go, you were doing a panel with Abbott. Um, yes. Which actually I missed because I didn't get back to the expo in time, but um Penalty points. I know. She missed. I know. I, but I it's okay. Good friends are allowed to miss occasionally, yeah, yeah. especially when you fly all night and you're getting ready to kick off three marathons in eight days. Yeah. So it's okay. But I did. I did make it to the expo, and then we hung out with them in the expo. We had we had a good time running around, and uh, we we scored a bunch of free chips and crisps and some some yeah. goodies. And I met your pilot friends. Yeah, some yeah. of my pilot friends. That yeah. was interesting. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're good people. Yeah, no, <laughs> so they're, they're they're very good people. We had some fun convos with random people walking around. <laughs> Causing sure. some chaos and mischief, as always. For sure. Um, but, you know, the, so I have several friends in the UK, and some of them were running. So we parted ways. I went out to dinner with them, um, you know, and I was kind of at the mercy of, I know a lot of people worry about, oh, you know, race day nutrition, pre-race <laughs> nutrition. Sometimes when you're doing these international races and you don't have a lot of time, like, you just have to not, you just have to know that you're going to make a good food choice wherever you end up. Do the best with what's on offer. I ended up having it was fish and chips, but it was a fish burger. So it's like 
you know what? It it was good. It, it worked out well. I was not uh, didn't have any stomach issues the next day. Um, I don't know that it was quite enough food. I will say, <laughs> I got hungry. Like I've never been hungry in the middle of a marathon before. I was legit hungry at like mile eighteen. Had to stop and have a bag of chips and a coke along the way. <laughs> oh my god, that's epic! I didn't even know this. I totally, <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally love it. Yeah. Chips and a coke. I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well like stop and get a slice of pizza. Or I something. thought about it. Well, it is London, though. I don't know if it's as readily available. I mean, pizza, yes, everywhere, but I don't know about like just grabbing a slice. Well, let's talk about how how London race day unfolds a little bit because it's it's a little bit later start than a lot of the major marathons. Um, I don't even know what time we started. It was sometime around ten o'clock. In yeah, the morning. Was, we probably went off right around ten o'clock. Yeah, so yeah. We, you know, I actually really like their pre-race organization. Like it's it's they have a big open park area there, Greenwich Park. Plenty of porta potties. Like it's not an issue if you got to use the the porta potty once or ten times or however many you need to. Um, like some friends we know. Yeah, wait, that's a specific shout out to you know who you are. <laughs> Do we <laughs> <laughs> race morning fun? <laughs> and um, and then and then I like their corral system too. You know, they kind of they had three separate start areas. So I don't know how it happened in the other start areas, but they kind of loaded five at a time. Everyone went off. It was very smooth and organized because they're the streets are pretty tiny and narrow so they can't have you know thousands of people rushing into this tiny space all at once um but yeah started off um so later in the day like 10 o'clock um and we had had breakfast at your hotel several hours before that i didn't have my usual oatmeal stuff which is what i would normally eat so i'd had like some toast and like tomatoes and just, just a random assortment of english breakfast things which was good it just it wasn't enough fuel i will say that straight up i i had a Good first half. I was looking to do, um, you know, I talked with my coach a little bit about race strategies and we had, we probably went through like a dozen different race strategies for all these things based. It was all, it was all kind of in flux based on how I felt, based on the weather, based on travel. Um, London was just kind of a, it was the last edition. And I was like, you know what, it's kind of just my last long run here before the following weekend where I would have greater expectations. Just a little bit longer, long run. Long run. Yeah. We'll just go full 26.2. Full 26.2. No, or just 42 to. Okay. Since yeah. we're in the UK, we'll go 42.195. No, they, they do miles ah, in the UK. I know, but ah, we, we just got to spice it up a yes, little. Right. It sounds better. 42.195. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I got through the halfway point. I remember crossing Tower Bridge and I was like, okay, well, this is where I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to dial back a bit. And we talked about taking all the selfies. And I was like, this is the perfect series of races to just photo document everything. And I, I normally I take a few pictures, but this time around, I was like, no, I want I want pictures of this race. Like, I, So I stopped at the Cuddy Sark and took my selfie yeah. there. Um, saw a friend. She got some video there. Got my selfie on Tower Bridge. I definitely moved to the side out of the way. I did not stop in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not nice to your fellow Pro runners. Pro tip. Yeah. I, I hid behind one of the marathon photo guys to get my selfie. I was like, I'll, yeah. I'll be out of the way if I'm over here. It's like the people that go through the drink line and just stop right in the middle right in of the, the, the drink of line and decide they're going to drink two or three cups of Gatorade right in the middle of the Stopped. road. and not worry about any of their yeah. fellow man yeah. and like keep moving or duck out yeah. of the way a little bit if yeah. you need to stop either or yeah there's there's some race etiquette that goes on um but about that point that i you know that's about the halfway point yeah you're almost at halfway you, and that's when i had decided okay so from here on out just to conserve energy make sure things go okay make sure i don't blow up injure myself something horrible like i don't want that to happen in all of this and i've never done this before so i don't really I, I know I can run the distance. I know I can run the miles. I just don't know what to expect of my body asking it to do so much all at once. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start walking through the aid stations. You keep moving, obviously, but that's going to be my strategy to slow things down, make sure I don't overexert myself. 
run to, from aid station to aid station. Um, and then I got hungry. I was at like mile 18 and I was just so hungry and I could feel myself kind of like, you know, that you're losing that glucose. You don't have yeah. any fuel left for your brain. I was like, I'm going to have to do something about this. I'm not going to make it to the end if I don't eat. And uh, so I'm, I'm starting to look like on the sides of the, yeah. of the course. Cause people, uh, crowds are so great at marathon oh, yeah. majors. They come out, they support you. They've got all kinds of things for you to eat that you're like, I would never eat that during a race. I don't yeah. know why you brought this out. Um, but lo and behold, the Salvation Army had a table set up with this like whole spread of, of uh, you know, Lay's and Doritos and Coke and whatnot. Here for it. Oh, I, so I was like, <laughs> can I have some of this? And they're like, as much as you want. And I was like, <laughs> so I stopped, I stopped and walked and I ate a bag of chips and I drank an entire can of Coke. And oh, I have yeah. n- never done that during a, a race before, during a marathon. And that saved me. And then oh, I, yeah. I walked for a half a second just to make sure it was kind of settled in my stomach. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm, I feel much better now. That soda, definitely the sugar, water, and you know, caffeine. I needed that. I love it. Can I just stop? For yeah. one, stop you for one sec. So this was your first London. This was my first London, and and I've now run three. And I think international marathons. First off, we're again the travel love, the travel wanderlust, fun. Like for people that haven't run an international marathon, man, you got to you got to make that happen because yeah. this is this is our country. We know Chicago, we know Boston, we know New York. They're all epic. They're all incredibly well-run races with a superior logistics, mm-hmm. incredible crowds, wonderful. But to go to a foreign place like Tokyo, where you have no idea what anybody's saying and they don't know what you're saying most of the time, but the architecture is so spectacular and mm. you're looking at temples that are a thousand years old, cut over to Berlin, same thing, Tiergarten Park, amazing crowds, yep. great energy, wonderful food and cultural mm. things to do. And then you go to London and London is just one of the great cities in the entire world. I mean, it's at the very top of everything in yep. terms of where, what kind of food you can eat, what kind of wine bars can you find, gluten-free food, vegan food. And the crowds, honestly... It's right up there. It's literally as close to New York as you're going to get for yep. big race energy, huge energy. You work those crowds, they those people will go They'll give off, it back to man. You. They will give it back to you in spades. So I did not know that there was food out there because you <laughs> turned yourself into an ultra runner because anyone's ever run an ultra knows it's all about potato chips. It's all about <laughs> soda. soda. They put baked potatoes out there. They have bacon out there. I mean, ultra is a party, man. Then, then, of course, you got Mike and Ike's and you got candy and you got yep. Twizzlers and you got, you know. Okay, so weirdest food I've ever consumed was actually in Boston just yesterday. I ate a, a pickle on the course. Yes, did I saw. Pickle I didn't. Yes. I saw. It was part them. of like Team Hoyt up at the top of Heartbreak. I should. I should have. I should have rolled with it because I love pickles. Yep. I mean, whenever I get a burger in a good burger place, I'm always just, like, it sounded pickles. like salty and good. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm going to have a, it's perfect. It was a great little like pick me up in the end part of Boston. I, I love it. I love it. So back to yeah, London. Back to London. So you're eating, you got the chips, yep. you know, and selfies, you, you know, you, you nailed it. I mean, yeah. you got some great shots out there. So it's, but my, my friends from the UK asked me how, because they've only run London in terms of big marathons. They said, well, how does this compare to the other? You've yeah. run all these majors now. How does it compare? I said, London really did a good job with their course design and hitting all of the highlights of London. Like any major landmark you want to see is basically on that course. And that finish line, I'm sorry, it's, it's, there's not a better finish line. I don't think if you've, you're rounding the corner at Buckingham Palace, it's behind <laughs> you. You're like, this is incredible. Um, I think that wins for the most spectacular finish. It's not, and, it's not open for debate people. Yeah. And I mean, look, Boylston is insane. There, there are iconic finish I've run lines. nine and this will be my 10th New York. These are all amazing yeah. because of the energy of finishing a major. Mm-hmm. And Chicago 
it's it, you finish a major, it's going to feel like a yep. monumental accomplishment, like an epic accomplishment, but you can't have said it any better. You're running past fucking Buckingham <laughs> yeah. Palace, people. Okay, it's yeah. like, what's up, queen? Peace. Yeah. I always flash the peace sign like, hey, Ron runs NYC, passing through. Guys want to come out and do <laughs> like, some selfies. Like respect. It's all good. <laughs> you know, hey, what's up, prince? You know, whomever, who's around, you yeah. know, royalties out there. And then you bang that right turn and it's all about coming in. This year I got, I got, um, had an issue. I had oh. a sunflower man like stole all my photos at the finish. Oh no! Yeah, was he dressed as a sunflower? He was just like all green, and then it was just like a big sunflower at the top. We had the tree man. Tree man was tree on man. the course. I was running with tree man for a while. Tree man was getting oh. some serious love out there. I ran with Senorita lady. She she ran the entire thing in heels, and she did it as fast as I did. Oh. I was, I, I kept kind of going back and forth with her, she, full traditional Spanish dress yeah. and heels, like not big heels, yeah. like an inch or two, but, or an inch and a half maybe. Um, but I, I, my feet were sore in my, in my 4%. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you're looking at her going like, what? how? What's happening right. here? Yeah. What, what's going on? And that is a unique thing to London too. Everyone, like totally. so many people show up in costume and fancy dress and do interesting things for either for charity fundraising or they're trying different Guinness World Guinness Records. Guinness Book of Records. We had Big Ben. To, in 2019, when I did all six, and Big Ben was rolling out there. Mm. I mean, he was ripping a fast time, and he got stuck in the corral. He couldn't. <laughs> yeah, fit. he couldn't finish. So he was like, too tall. You know, it's like trying to go through a toll bridge in like New Jersey or something, and you can't. It's like, the dude like hit. Thunk. It was like one, two, three. That shit went viral. In oh a hurry. yeah, I but saw it. The costume runners are just a huge part of what makes London crazy. Also, they've raised over a billion pounds in charity, charity. money. So charity's enormous. The community's involved. You're seeing all the sites, just like you say. I, I it's at the top. I mean, mm -hmm. it's 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 my favorite international, mm -hmm. far and away. It's not even close. And it's the more I run it, I think the I'm going to continue to fall in love with it more because, you know, the crowds are there waiting for you to bring mm -hmm. them to life. Oh, yeah. They're just waiting. You point at those people and be like, "What the hell's going on, people? Let's like, why fucking go!" Quiet? I'm like, "Let's fucking go!" Yeah. Cheer for the old guy. They're like, "Dude, you're not old." I'm like, "I'm old as." And they're like, yeah, <laughs> they're going bananas. So like I'm running backwards down the street, like threatening to take people uh, out like a bowling ball, you know, wiping people yeah. out. But somehow I don't crash when I do these stunts nah, out there. It works out. I don't yeah, know. It, it does out. It does work out, yeah. you know, but then you see people, you know what it's like, man. You just did three. How many people did you see? Literally, mm. how many? I want to know. Give me a rough estimate. How many people you saw? Because I know how many I saw mm. and I only did two mm -hmm. in that in the span of eight days. How many people did you see, and again, Dr. Staff, that were wiped out? You know, yep. calf cramps, yep. you know, muscle cramps, so, you know, laying prone on the ground. For sure, a dozen in London yeah. that I passed. Um, fewer in Chicago and Boston, but still maybe half that number, so half a dozen on the course. I, like, definitely getting medical attention and, you know, in, in bad shape. Um, and hopefully everyone is okay. You know, you yeah. don't, you don't want to see that ever, but, Horrible. um, you, you know, you see a lot more of just like the, everyone pulled over. I saw this a lot. It happens a lot in Chicago, I think because the course is so flat and people don't get that different input to different, di use different muscle groups, muscle groups. Yep. You know, starting around mile 18, 19, a lot of people are pulled over on the side, just trying to stretch that out and work it yeah. out. And that's super common in Chicago. I probably saw I don't even know, dozens of, that just happens in Chicago. Yeah. And but. we had warmer weather. It was warm in this Chicago. year. We had we had terrific weather in London. Mm -hmm. So London we'll, actually wins for the best weather of the three oh, no. races. London London wins, and so now we're kind of wrapping your London. We're not quite yeah, yeah. there yet, but you know, so food on the course win, winning. I, uh, I've never selfies, seen that much of the course. winning. Yep, logistics. 
nailed it. Winning, yep. Um, but I'm talking about putting a, together a race plan. This was a huge thing. This 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 was not a reduced field. This was a 50k field. field in London with the different colored start areas. Mm-hmm. And for those, the only thing that I can say, every race is going to have something. You know, it's just very narrow roads in Blackheath, you know, where you're starting yeah. out. There's just not a lot of room. And that's why they and have you, to do it yep. that way. And you kind of just have to roll with it. Like you if do. you're in a crowd of people, like just, you, you know, yeah. you can't force your way through. You just Correct. Go. Correct. And you just, you just have to figure it out. Are you better off to maybe be in the middle more? Because I think the side, just pro tip, listen, this is 59 marathons for Mm. me, you know, running on the sides, unless you're really ready to rip and run fast, it's never a good idea because people that are going to hit to the outsides are the people that are ready to blow ahead and catch people. And they're trying to drop the hammer and they've got a really fast time and goal in sight. So if you're going to be over toward the side, fine, but just all the way to the edge is always a little tricky. And the last thing you need is somebody tripping you up and knocking you down, you you know, with 10 K to go, and then you don't get to finish your race. So Mm. anyway, so London, you get across the line. Okay, so this is start one third. It's like one of three. Yep. Check. Yep. Okay, and you had a really short trip as you described. So trip. you flew over. I met you Saturday morning and literally you're running the race and you flew back Sunday night, right? I flew back Monday. Oh, you flew back Monday. I flew back okay. Monday, but I, I, we kind of hinted at this before. I have a lot of friends in the UK and a lot of that comes from my my other podcast life with yes. all the, the flying and piloting stuff. One of our presenters is... Um, from the UK, one of my co-hosts. So I actually spent Sunday night with him and his wife. So that's why I had to, I got in, you know, Ron's like, what are you doing? You're not coming out to drink and party and go, you know, we're having this huge fucking party Let's over go. at, uh, uh, you know, from uh, the age group championships and you're invited. I'm like, I know I've got an invite right here and I wish I'd known about it in advance, but I already made it. But I mean, he's one of my co-hosts and he's, yeah. he's an amazing guy. And his wife, she's so lovely. She cooked this wonderful traditional English. It was steak and kidney casserole with dumplings and Ooh. all these like green beans and and uh corn and peas and like it was just this giant plate of food and it was the perfect like recovery meal i think i'd never i don't think i've ever had kidney before she's like do you eat this i was like sure i yeah i <laughs> i had no idea what it was gonna taste like I was emoji like, gonna, eyes yeah I was in like, full effect okay um, yeah, sorry, Jilly, if you're listening to this. Like, I told you I eat it. I'd, I'd never had it before, but it was it was delicious. It was superb, and it, I think it was very nutrient dense. And I definitely needed, you that needed that in that moment. And I just cleared that plate. I was like, "Yep, done." And then we had just a bit too much to drink on our own. We did down a bottle of champagne and a bottle of wine and a beer, and you know, it was good. <laughs> Drinking after a marathon, I never, never I would never endorse something never like happens. that. I drink. The night before the marathon, so yeah. we all know about that. Well, I did. I also Tokyo with my action. fish with my fish burger and chips. I had three beers that well, night too. I mean, you needed to like wash it down. Carbs, I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, of course. You know, um, run all the miles, eat all the food, drink all the whatever. For, we're here for the experiences. Yeah, right? hell so. yeah. And look, that's it's important because I think after two full years, literally two full years, my last major race, my last race period was the New York City Marathon in 2019, Mm -hmm. which was the year that I was able to be fortunate enough to run all six Abbott majors in one year, which was the adventure of a lifetime. That's where we met for the first time was in the front end of that in Tokyo. And so that was just a year. It was like a highlight year. Yeah. The coolest thing is you have a highlight in in eight days. I mean, it's like a highlight from each race is one thing, but these are three majors. You're flying well, all over the world. And honestly, world. like knowing that you'd done like that, you know, all six in one year, that was a huge inspiration to be like, okay, yeah, this, this is a possible thing to do. And it, it's really about mindset of it, right? You know, it sounds insane on paper. Like you're going to do what? And like, yeah. Well, just, you know, make, get your mind ready for it and, and go for it. 
I love it. And I think that's just such a cool thing. I try to give that advice when Ronnie was like a high school kid. Now he's 24 to his friends. I'd be like, you know, oh, what are we going to, you know, my parents want to know what I'm going to major on. You know what? Tell your parents to go fuck off. They didn't know what they were going to yeah. do. They didn't even know what they're going to major in. They didn't know anything. And they're just trying to throw all this guilt and shit on I don't on know you. what I'm going to do next year, right? They, like, who knows? I mean, Life could change entirely. It, you could go a different path. Be open to the to the possibilities. Exactly. And that's where adventure is, man. Adventure is when you're willing to be a little intrepid. And again, you're going to look at something. That's why I love Goggins so much, man. Mm. You know what? When everybody's telling you, this is crazy, this is dumb, this is stupid, you're on to something. And that's yeah. how that's what Goggins preaches because it's like, hey, you know what? Duct tape can get me through a 240 mile run in Moab for Goggins' oh, yeah. case. I ran 60 miles on a stress fractured knee. Obviously, I didn't know right. it was a stress fracture. You fracturer wouldn't have done it if you knew. I but smashed it. Yeah. It was hurting like hell and it was sore for like four or five days. Right. And I just said, I committed to I this date. This. Yep. And it was my birthday and I thought it would really help raise money. And it did. It did. Yeah. And it was so cold that day, which no one was outside, which made it like this surreal. I remember seeing, so speaking of like selfies and posts and things, I was yeah. watching your selfies and posts from that day. I was like, oh, it looks really cold in yeah. New York today. Yeah. And then I went, I went Facebook live out at the furthest point in Liberty, um, Liberty State Park, mm -hmm. which is the closest you can get, you know, between land and water to mm -hmm. the Statue of Liberty. And I went Facebook Live and Nora's a, a dear friend from a couple of Facebook pages. The wind was blowing me. Like I'm on the microphone <laughs> and my face is so red. When I go back and I look at it, I'm like, oh my God. It's like a Weather Channel, like yeah, hurricane shot or it something is. where they're like out there like, oh, we're out here live on the scene. <laughs> and the only thing that was seen out there that day were some ducks yeah. and a few types of birds yeah. and no and they're one, struggling. no one else. Yeah. I mean, they were in that park, it's a state and, park. And what's Ron Romano doing? He's running fucking yeah. 60 miles. Right, running yeah. 60 miles. But I was so frozen that I, my knee only hurt for like the first three or four blocks and then I didn't feel it anymore. Yeah. And I didn't really know anything was wrong until right. a couple of days later. Then I was yeah. like, something's really wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm anyway. i glad you got it checked out and recovered. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, those, but those kind of adventures, like Steph just said, you know what? This seems like I can do it. And that's the way it is. It's almost like a chessboard. Like you're not sitting there. Like I didn't think of doing all six at first. It was like I'd done four in one year and ran, ran my fastest mm. New York ever. You yeah. know, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like I'm getting stronger when I run more of these. And, and but, but on the other side, and I do try to give advice whether anybody really wants to listen to it or take <laughs> it or not. I don't really know or care. My show is to tell other people's stories, but yeah. also inject a little bit of my own running experiences. And for me- I can run a lot of marathons back to back. I can run a lot of majors. I can throw ultras in there. Gene Dykes can do it at a world class level. I saw him above, in London, by the way. Far above yeah. anything I or most humans or mortals could ever dream of. I'm not going to be the fastest person. I did run all six of those at 3:15, which was was which really. I'm just going to, you know. No, no, <laughs> no, no bounce required. But now, but this this was something we talked about before we came on because. I think so many people are just so hung up and stuck mm -hmm. in this place in their lives where they think whatever their standard is that they're trying to get to, to or what their A standard is, or maybe even like a B plus standard, if they're not going to be able to run at that level or standard, if they're chasing sub three, they want to get a BQ, whatever. I don't care what it is. The time is the time. Nobody else really cares other than your coach who's coaching you, mm -hmm. your spouse, a couple of your really close running friends that maybe are in a training group. My son, he doesn't care what times I run in these yeah. races. He's just like, great job, dad. Yeah. You look awesome. Yeah. Like, cheers, man. Good yeah. going, man. You did another one. Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't care. And he was a good high school runner. He was captain of his cross country mm -hmm. team. So people get so hung up in this completely, I want to just slap people and shake them and yeah. say, 
Go out and live your life, man. It's your life. It's your race. This is your chance to tell your own story and not let it be about what someone thinks you're going to run. Forget the time. Go out there, man. High five the people. Get the crowd going. Mm -hmm. Take some selfies. And hey, I'm not saying when I get fully healthy, I'm not going to try to run super fast again. Of course I am. I'm going to try to podium and do age group and qualify for cool things. But you knew coming out of COVID and all this shit, you haven't raced in two years any more than I have. You you knew you weren't going to be like, okay, I'm going to like bust this thing wide open. So you have to be flexible with your goals and your plans, right? You know, you can, you can make the best plans out there and then life will throw whatever it wants to at you <laughs> because life doesn't care, right? Like life is just going to happen no matter what, whatever the circumstances are. There's a million different things that can change your trajectory at any point in time. Um, and Starting this year, you know, I had I only had Chicago on the the list for the fall, and I think I had New York, um, which I'm going to do that in a few weeks too. Yeah, yeah. girl, <laughs> really excited for New York hometown visit. Yeah. Um, so Chicago was going to be the goal race, and I had done really well in 2019. I ran a 3:33, which was like that blew my mind because we talked about I can run miles, but yeah, the speed is hard for me. Like that's the, but that was, the hard part. That was a big PR for you. That right? was a big PR for me. And you were you were surprised. I mean, I was pleasantly. I was surprised. pleasantly surprised. So yeah. I had 3:30. So 3:35 was my BQ time that I had to hit, and they had just lowered it. So I was like leading up to it. I was thinking I could do a 3:40 and get in, and they're like, yeah. no, 3:35, and I was like, oh no, Uh-oh. oh no, Uh-oh. um, and I I. I I was pleasantly surprised. Like I, it's one of those things where I mentally, I know I can do it. It's just going to be getting out there and, and trusting the training and not giving up on it when it gets tough. Um, so came across the line at three thirty three oh two, which wasn't, you know, a huge buffer that year it would have gotten me in, you know, and then fast forward to this year and things were crazy. Um, and I really thought I was going to have a chance to lower it even more with London in 2020 and, and other things. I was really going to, I was like in that mindset of like, okay, I'm running fast marathons now, like fast for me. This is, this is good. Um, and then we didn't race for two years, yep. you know, and it's, it's hard to be in race mindset when you don't have a race, you know, you can work out still, but there's just kind of not that same push or drive. And you kind of forget what it feels like to be in that mode a little bit. And I think, I think that happened to a lot of people this past week. You know, a lot of people went out and were like, Ooh, that was hard, like harder than I was expecting. So if you're one of those people that went out there this weekend and had like these huge lofty goals and it didn't happen, if, if it did happen, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're incredible. Um, but if it didn't happen, you know, give yourself grace on that. Like you haven't yes. raced in two years. So it's, you can't expect that just to come flooding back naturally. It's, it's a process like anything else. And it's a process of doing races and doing another race and remembering what that feels like when you get to mile 19 or 20 and you really got to dig deep at that point. Um, so I, so many people went out there and did amazing this weekend, even if it wasn't the, the time that they thought they had maybe trained for. Um, but yeah, be flexible in your goals. So when things started changing and there were these opportunities like, well, I'm going to run Boston now, I guess. Oh, and I'm going <laughs> to run London now too. Okay. So we're obviously not going for a three thirty in Chicago anymore. Like that's just yeah. not realistic. Um, and I, I don't think even with the weather, it would have been a day to chase it anyway, because oh, yeah. it, it hit 80 degrees near the end and it was windy. Um, I would have had to have had like superhuman powers to even come close to that <laughs> on a, on my best day. Um, but having these other races was really a good, it, like it reined me in, right? So yeah. in London, you know, I, I consciously pulled back after the half. I went through, I was like, I'm going to go through the half in two hours. Like, that's my goal. Like, that's a solid, like, if I can replicate that consistently at each race, I know I've, I've, I haven't run too hard, but I've also Correct. run solidly. And then I can pull back after that and just kind of have my fun and take the selfies and do all the things. So that's how I did in London. Got to Chicago and we were still leading up to Chicago thinking, 
this this might be the race to to race a little bit, like go out there, lay some miles down and have it be a little bit quicker. And then when the forecast came out that it was going to be hot, I talked with Brendan, my coach, and I yeah. said, you know what? It's that's just not going to be smart. I'm going to end up with an injury or something. Something bad's going to happen. Um, we just need to get through these races. We need to get through the miles. Um, so we kind of came up with this goal of, well, so I did London in 422, and that included the food break. <laughs> I took a very leisurely bathroom break there too. <laughs> so you know, I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do 415. If I can do 415, 415 on consecutive days. I've never done anything like that. Like, no, it's not anywhere near my a PR time. But no one else has either, by the way. <laughs> Shalane, I think Shalane has. Well, yeah. Again, Shalane's a different beast. I know. Mad respect yes. to Shalane. Yeah, uh, she's a unicorn. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, well, that's consistent. I want to see consistency. And I think I can do that. That sounds achievable. That sounds, it still sounds hard. You know, I'm not loafing it out there by any means. <laughs> if I go through a half in two hours and then, you know, 4.15 for each of them. For me, that's that's a solid race. Um and I got to Chicago and it, it wasn't as hot as I expected it to be. Um, and I got there. I, I So let's go back to the logistics first. We're going to go back to Chicago in a second. But so I got home from London on Monday afternoon. And for some reason in my head, I really thought I could come up to Boston on Thursday and go to the expo and get all my stuff and then go to Chicago Thursday night and have all day Friday to yeah. relax. I didn't, I didn't even bother to look to see that the expo didn't open until Friday. So there was no way to pick up. And I, I had oh, booked flights shit. and had hotel rooms in Chicago. So I screwed up those logistics. Oh, I did 100%. not. You, I did not know this. I would have roast, I would have <laughs> roasted you for that. Oh my God. That's the best. Um, so like a week before I was like, uh Oh, I, I got to switch all these flights around now. And Oh, by the way, my brothers were running in Chicago too. I was like, you guys are going to be on your own on Thursday night in the hotel. Like you're going to have to, I'll check in for you or whatever. And so we know that room was officially trash. Oh, it was trash. The way your brothers there. roll. It like it's like bring yeah. house, keep housekeeping, yeah. cleaning. I was not there first. It yeah. was definitely. Got trash. it. In a, you know, in a good way. They, they yeah. they're fun. Of course. Um, so then I had an extra day at home though, which was kind of nice. Cause that gave me time just to like, chill, relax, recover extra day in like the Norma techs and foam yeah. roll and stretch. I didn't run a single mile that whole week. Did not do anything. I was like, well, I just ran 26. I think I'm okay on the, you know, I've got mileage under my belt. I'm going to be all right. Um, so came up to Boston on Friday. I was here for literally like four hours, got off the plane early in the morning, went over. I had my, you know, my time yep. for my COVID verification yes, stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And that process, BAA, they were so smooth. Nailed it. They nailed it. Nailed it. 100%. I didn't have to wait there. I didn't have to wait to get my bib. I went into the expo. I looked around, like bought like one thing that, or two things that I wanted, and then walked out the door, went into um, Luke's, I think. I got my lobster roll, and I was back <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Zip, zip, zip. And we are bouncing between races, but it's inevitable. There's really no other uh, way. Yeah. You can't lay a story out perfectly. No, it doesn't work yeah. that way, but they nailed, nailed it. the tents, the vaccination system, the athlete's village, or I don't even, that wasn't what it was called, the fan zone or fan whatever. Zone, yeah. was just off the hook. Yeah. Live music, the merch that they were selling yep. in the expo, which of course was much reduced in terms of yeah. vendors and everything. But we, we need that stuff to come back. We it want will. it to come back. We know it, it will. will, but I'm just saying, this is how we kind of pull out of where we are. And, mm. you know, we, we did our part, you know, because we're flying, we're getting on a plane, we're staying in hotels, we're eating, we're buying merch. And, you know, look, we need this shit, man. The country needs it. The economy needs it. But 
they nailed that piece so well. So you were able to, yep. and any other runners that were also trying to tackle the Chicago Boston thing, mostly every one of them that I know did not run London first, by the way, <laughs> which is why Steph is on the show and they're not. But well, we, gonna, I'll give a huge shout out to my cousin, Maria. Um, so she, she's one of the OGs in my family of marathon running. My uncle Tom, her, her stepdad was the first one in my family to start running lots of marathons. He did Chicago every year and they're all in the Chicago area. Love it. Um, but I happened to see her at a family gathering um, early September um, in, on Labor Day. Actually, we were all in Chicago for um, um, for family stuff. And I passed by her. I was leaving to go to the airport to leave, and she was just getting there. And we were talking about upcoming races. I knew she was running Chicago. She knew I was running Chicago. And then I was like, oh, wait, aren't you doing Berlin, too? And she's like, yeah, I'm doing Berlin. And I was like, oh, I'm doing London. And we're like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, by the way, I'm doing Boston because I'm a crazy person. She's like, I'm doing Boston, too. So she did Berlin. Chicago, Boston. Love it. And uh, yeah, she, she nailed it too. She, she did amazing. Um, so as I'm leaving Boston, I met up with, so she had to come on Friday as well to get all of her stuff. She get had a later stuff. flight in. So I actually didn't see her until we got back to the airport. We had the same flight back out, back to Chicago um, on Friday. Got there um, Saturday morning. I did their 5K. They have this international 5K shakeout thing of, in the morning. Of course you did the yeah, 5K. Of course. Which is why your miles were a little higher a little, than I could calculate. <laughs> Yeah, 81.7 miles of races this love, past eight days. Love it. Um, it, it. That's always just a fun, you know, there's no stress, no worries there. I ran it with my my brother, Joe. My brother, Mikey, um, usually runs it with us, but he apparently forgot to sign up for it and he couldn't get a, a bit into it last minute. Um, not shocked. Not shocked. Not shocked. Not shocked. <laughs> Their logistics. Um so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. And Joe, you know, was worried about, he was having this niggle in his calf. He's like, ah, it doesn't feel real great. And they started running and I was like, oh, are, are we, are we running fast-ish here? He's like, I feel better when I run. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. So, you know, we, it wasn't a fast 5k, but it was not the leisurely, like yeah. 30 minute stroll I thought I was going to have. That you thought you had signed up <laughs> yeah, for yeah. and suddenly you and hadn't. Su suddenly now I'm running like eight and a half minute miles, yeah. but I thought was planning on just doing like easy tens, you know, uh, so we did that, and then we had the rest of the day. We met up with some family in town. Again, food. Did a little better job of, like, I found this amazing. You would have loved it. Um, it's this gluten-free, like, instant oatmeal that they had at the hotel in Chicago, and it was it was good. It had, like, some fruit and nuts in it and nice. gluten-free. Um, that was my race day for both Chicago and Boston meal, and it was, it was perfect. Um, we actually we had some deep-dish pizza. <laughs> and then um, met up with one of my best friends, Saturday evening, she came down to the hotel and we actually just went over to, to the Trader Joe's and collected like some little salad protein thingies and a bottle of wine and had a had a really nice evening. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. So you were set and Chicago was warm. Chicago and I think it's warm. important because um, I read a post yesterday. I'm trying to think. It wasn't Ryan Hall. It was an elite runner. Mm. Um, oh, it was... Um, uh, ben Bruce, yeah, Steph's, Steph Bruce is Steph's uh, husband, who's an amazing, amazing runner in his own right and doesn't get nearly enough credit for that yeah. because he's kind of become the, the NAS elite pacer, not yeah. only for his wife, but for Kellen and all the uh -huh. other great elite runners. But I mean, the guy is just an amazing athlete himself, runner and just huge, you know, brand ambassador yeah. for sports in general. But he talked about, you know, you're not racing your watch. You're not racing nope. the clock. 
you're racing the course, you're racing the course and the day and the weather, mm -hmm. and you have to adjust for these things. And you no, know, I can't tell you how many times people are just so set. That's it. They train for the train. Great, you trained for it, but. If it's, you know, 20 below zero and there's 35 mile an hour winds, do you really think you're going to get it done? If or if it's Boston 2018? Yeah. Boston 2018, Tokyo, um, which you were there with me in the rain and the cold. And then yesterday, which I did not realize at all that the humidity was literally was 90% or 89%. Yeah. Like I didn't notice it. And again, it's probably because I'm not running at as hard a pace mm -hmm. as I would normally be. But for right now, that's about as hard as I can run. Yeah. You know, people think I'm not, I'm running the best I can right now. No, been, you're coming back from a crazy injury yeah. and time off and, yeah. and you have to build back into that in a smart way. You can't, if you rush back out there and try and do what you were doing two years ago, yeah. you're going to get injured again. That's just Great What's advice. Great yeah. advice from the doctor, by the way. So it's not from me. Yes. It's from Dr. Steph. Um, but it's true. You can't get back to where you were. And also, you can't get back to where you were racing at two years ago when you haven't been racing. Right. And virtual races, by the way, not I'm the all for people doing them. It helped. It helped, you know, stimulate money for the race organizations that are putting them on, They're, the medals, the exchange, keeping some sort of continuity and spirit for the sport. Face it. It's not a real race in the sense of you can put your bottles anywhere you want. People were having people ride around on the bike and give them nutrition. That's not real. You're not an elite where your drinks are all going to be on the table and you don't have to worry about it. Come race day, you're not going to have all these perfect conditions set up for right. you. Or not that I call it perfect running 108 laps around in the dark <laughs> at midnight, but still you have your stuff whenever yeah. you need it. And we don't get that in real no. world. I mean, you, you, sometimes you miss the Gatorade table. You know, sometimes you just don't get over fast enough. Mm -hmm. And we are careful about our other runners. Other people just beeline across the road, yeah. just, you know, literally like body block 12 people. Like, oh, don't worry, man. You know, just go you, ahead. You do you. It's all it's about fine. you. No, no one else needs the Gatorade. It's okay. Take was, a, that was good. Take um, I'll, get, I'll get the next one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry, worry about us. We'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah. So you adjusted in your head yeah. and you had to. Had and to. if you didn't, just think about this. This is race two of three. She's going to have to get on a plane after Chicago, which is by no means a guarantee. Even with all the travel savvy you have and the experience, hey, you can't change the board. The board can say cancel, delayed, mechanical failure. Yeah. You're a pilot. A, you know all these things. That's a real possibility. And you have to know in your head that's a possibility. It's like, if my flight gets canceled and I can't get there... That's it. That's it. And it's it just, it is what it is. It's a risk you take, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, they're all calculated risks, but they're real risks. And you can't be, you know, you can't be devastated when those things happen because that nope. just means there's going to be some other opportunity down the road and it, it'll, you know, it makes for stories down the road. Hey, remember that time I was going to run the 125th <laughs> Boston, but my flight got canceled yeah. and I got stuck in Chicago for 10 days? Yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't happen, obviously, but it, it's a possibility. Yeah. And I ran 26 miles of stairs in the elevator bay because <laughs> I was quarantined or some dude's running yeah. around on the fucking balcony yeah. in France. And I mean, the shit that people have done during uh, yeah. quarantine is bananas, but you're right. It is. But you make the adjustment instead of, you know, holding on to ego, which is what way too many damn people are doing or thinking that anybody's going to care if they run slower. Like, no. you know what? Lace up your goddamn shoes, people. Show, Show, up. Up. Show up. This is your chance to start racing again. It doesn't, you don't have to race. You can run a race. You can finish a race and you can have a great experience. It's all about how you want to kind of couch it. Are you happy with it? It's not up to anybody else to decide if you're happy about it. That's I it. talked about this at the beginning, but you know what? The reason I ultimately fell in love with the sport and the running, it's I like the big marathons. I like the experience yeah. of being there. I like being in the crowds. I like the fan support. 
Um, there's just something great about knowing you're on this weird journey of 26 miles through these big iconic cities with all these other people and your feet are going to get you from the start to the finish. Yeah. I, that's what it's about for me. I mean, it, it's beautifully stated and uh, oh. friends of mine... <laughs> Sorry, we just lost our Zoom screen for a minute. This is classic. The Zoom pause I'm just getting, I'm, we're getting a Zoom, I'm getting a Zoom FaceTime call or something. This is so classic. Hopefully this will make it to video as well. Although I think I'm like not even facing. I don't even think I'll be visible at any point during this I can interview. See, I can see. It's a good profile. Only thing that matters is we got it. the girl over here with all the medals all the and all the bling. I only yeah. got one blingy. She's got lots of blingies. Yeah. But yeah, I was just getting a call from somebody who is a sweetheart of a runner. Lynn runs or Lynette runs, but she had the worst. After crossing, we took mm. a selfie. She was good. And literally she fell on the ground like two steps oh, no. later. And I, I had to get okay. medical. Yeah. No, she. I okay. think so. But I think she's calling because she wants to let me know that check in. I yeah. was checking up on her. Perfect. And that was the way we should be doing, things we should be doing. Yes. So segue back. Yes. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about, you know, having flexible goals, being able to adjust and-, and yeah. Being able to, uh, like I said, I talked with my coach, Brendan, several times leading up to Chicago, and we went through possibilities of what we could do, what was smart, what was realistic, and kind of settled on this. Okay, 415 is a good goal for both of these races consecutively. I think that will be challenging enough without getting hurt and still feeling like you've put the effort into it. You know, you, you don't want to loaf through it. And yeah, I'm still here to to work and and put this training to, to good use. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the weather and let's talk about Chicago. Um, I've run eight consecutive, excluding last year because it didn't happen, but consecutively eight Chicago's now, nice. which I love that. It's it's my favorite. Yeah. I, I, well, that's where I'm, you got I'm your start. Biased. That's where I got my start. Yeah. It's my hometown and all my family and friends are there. Chicago will always be my favorite. Yeah. Um, but I walked out of the hotel in the morning and over into Grant Park and I'm just wearing my singlet and my shorts. I'm like, well, I'm warm already, so that's a good sign. <laughs> you know, and I've been in Chicago where it's been cold at the start. Yeah, or freezing. Been, and I've also been in hot years, too. There's yeah. one year where it was mid-80s, yeah. you know, and I was, it, and the sun was out. 2017 was really hot. Yeah, I think that was the year it was yeah. really hot. And I was worried it was going to be that yesterday or on Sunday. I don't know what day it is anymore. Just, yeah. It's fine. Whatever race day in Chicago. <laughs> I was worried that the sun was going to come out and it was going to roast all of us and I was going to be miserable. At, torture. Like, torture. Um, and then there were supposed to be wing us up to 35 miles an hour out of the southeast southwest you know and if you know the course so that's a that's a tailwind for the very beginning and the very end potentially but then you've got a lot of time we were kind of running in that direction yeah um and i was like oh this is gonna be but that's the kind of stuff where you have to like not worry about it because you can psych yourself out really fast you just have to know that it's going to be there and adjust for for what that is um so started off running and I knew it was going to be hot. So my my strategy, this has worked for me for a long time. You do your thing on, on race day, but especially in Chicago and Boston, New York, the races where you have aid stations every mile and it's Gatorade and water. I do like this tiny shot of Gatorade and then a tiny shot of water. And if it's hot, the rest of the water goes on my head. And that's just how I do it. So even from like the very first aid station, that's that was my strategy in Chicago. I was like, this is going to work. It's going to be good. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't eat anything on the course. I didn't have a gel. I didn't have anything else. Just Gatorade. You didn't water. have the Salvation Army crew. Didn't from have London. the Salvation Army crew, but I didn't need it. I had fueled <laughs> so much better going yeah. into that. Um, and some of that's the logistics side of things. Um, but I was surprised. I was into mile five, and definitely you could feel the tailwind. I was like, I'm running a little fast here, but I'm getting pushed by this this wind. 
I'm like, well, I'm not hot, so it's good. And it, it stayed overcast. It was only a very brief period of time where the sun kind of came out a little bit and you start to started to feel that kind of baking on your skin. But then it, it was overcast again and it stayed overcast. There were two stretches that were very windy with headwinds. One was fairly early on, kind of mile nine. And then again, I don't even remember where, somewhere closer to the half. Um, but then it was mostly crosswinds. And the crosswind with the overcast and me dumping the water on cool, my head every cool, time, kept I, stayed, you cool. I stayed cool. Like I did not feel hot at all um, during that race. And I felt good. So I went through the half in 156, I think, which was just under, you know, it was a little faster than I wanted to be, but right, yeah. right there. Um, and then I was, I felt good. I was like, I'm not going to slow down too much. Like towards the end, I'm going to walk some of the aid stations just to conserve a little bit. But I, I, I had a 406 finish in Chicago, which was well under the pace that I was looking for. Awesome. Total yep. nailed the execution yep. and made adjustments, which is yep. it what, went, it, it went what it's all about. It went perfectly to plan. You know, that was, that was the race plan. That was the race strategy and it, it all worked out and it was, it was really good. Were you using gels or just, you were just going Gatorade just and water? Gatorade. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know, I've I've done the gel thing a lot. You you gave me one in London because I, I mean, that that helped save me too. Like I would have passed out long before I got to that Salvation Army tent if I didn't have that one Morton gel. Yes, <laughs> um, Team Morton yeah, for the win. The, the Morton's good stuff. That, if I'm going to use a gel, that's that's what I use. It's the only thing that doesn't mess with my stomach too too much. And that's just you know you've got to trial and error those things and practice with it. Um, but I, I know I can get through, especially a race like Chicago where it's flat and there's not a lot of hill demands. With if I fuel well beforehand. Gatorade and water the whole way. And it, it makes the stops, it makes the, the process easy. Yeah. It's good. It's a good system. I used, um, I gave you a couple of Morton gels. I think I gave someone else because I had the, I had had the shorts that have six. It, mm -hmm. it holds six Morton gels in the back of these District Vision shorts. It's like the brand, co-branded um, offer that they put together, which I love. And it's just so ironic because I used my gels perfectly mm -hmm. in London. I didn't have as many and I don't, I don't need six gels. I know I don't, especially yeah. when I'm not, that's not like a true. I mean, the most I've ever yeah. done is three. Yeah. No, uh, so, yeah. I've actually done six in Chicago when mm. we ran 307, but it was a really hot day. Hot day. And that wasn't Morton. It wasn't Morton in 2017 for me. I don't think I stumbled onto it till like 2018. That came around a little later. Yeah, yeah. it was later. So I was using regular goo, mm -hmm. which I like their flavors. And then they have like a chocolate sea salt and they have orange oh, yeah. and they have just different flavors. So I just mixed it up and that's the only way I could get through it, but it helped me beautifully. But yesterday, comical, comic relief because, you know, yeah, I got my gels or in my flip belt and, you know, I'm, I ran a bunch of miles with Mark and I had my 320 and I drank that whole bottle yeah. and it's like, I have my gels. I have my gels. I have my gels. How many gels did I take yesterday? Zero, zero. They're over on the coffee table <laughs> over there while we're sitting well, recording. They had them on the course yeah. yesterday, which yeah. was and incredible. they were on the course. Still zero gels. Like my everybody can have a stomach yeah. day, and it wasn't. I did not have to go to the bathroom. I didn't London. I but didn't it have was to just go. Unsettled. But it just never really felt yeah. great, and it could have been the humidity because I never felt hot. I wasn't sweating. So a yesterday lot. I felt hot. See, I, I did mean, not feel hot in Chicago, where it was the temperature was warmer, but the sun came out. Yeah here in Boston and it was it was kind of overcast and drizzly at the start the humidity was quite high you could yes. feel that well, as soon as the sun came out, you're in a sauna all of a sudden, right? Like you just, you feel the heat rising off of the street. Yeah. It's beating down on your skin. Uh, I, I felt much warmer yesterday than I did in Chicago. Not, I, I'm not surprising because yep. I think, you know, there is a lot 
you get a lot of building cover mm -hmm. in Chicago. Even on the bright, sunny yep. days, it's really only later in the course when you get out near those parks, maybe yep. like the last when four, you're down south. three yeah. miles to go. The last You know the course way better than me because I don't know the neighborhood sections. Like I know Chinatown. I know those sections. But yep. I'm talking about like a three, four to go when you turn. Yep. You, and you turn back on Michigan long, Avenue. You go up you that long road, ahead of you. you're just exposed. Like when the sun's out, I remember that year, it was like melting my hair, oh, yeah. like right through my hat. Yep. Like it was like, I felt like somebody was like a laser beam was mm -hmm. on me. Um, so you do get pretty good cover in Chicago. Yesterday, you nailed it. So what, I think what happened is when I got to this section, you turn at the firehouse and you know you got the yep. three Newton Hills to come. Like if I was going to get the gel in, I needed to get it in before, before then because then. my stomach was already feeling dicey. Mm -hmm. And then going up those hills, I was like, no way am I putting something in my stomach now, anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I like just did struggle with that. Yeah. But people, the deal is this, you can still finish the race. Yeah. I mean, you finish it, whether you're drinking Gatorade yep. or Gatorade and water, or you're having gummies or something else, you can finish it, mm -hmm. you know? And if you really go into a deficit and you're really struggling with salt and sodium, which is almost always the culprit, yeah, I mean, that's gonna lead to those cramps and that's yep. gonna lead you being on the side of the road. And we, anybody, man, we hate that. There's no runner on earth. You don't have a soul if you don't see a person like that and just like my heart breaks. I yeah. just feel like, what can I do? I gotta help Because well, I think everyone somebody. knows how horrible that feels. Yeah. You know, even if it's never happened to you, during a race it's happened to you at some point like you've had a, a long training run that didn't go well and you're just miserable and like calling yeah. someone to pick you up from the side of the road like yeah. i'm not gonna finish this help like, come please help please <laughs> come yeah. come come fetch me yeah uh so you, you know how that feels and for it to happen during a race you don't want to see that happen to, no. to anybody because you know how how hard they've worked how much they've put into it to get to that point and it's yeah and they might not get home yeah. because you can see when something is just minor or could maybe be massaged out or whatever, or are they actually going to get to finish? Yeah. And in many cases, a lot of these people running yesterday, I mean, you have people who've run 20 years in a row, 25 mm -hmm. years in a row. I mean, there are crazy streaks that exist on this course. I mean, yesterday- I passed a guy who it was his 30th consecutive. See, 30th. Yeah. My friend, Amy, who's the coach, Amy Kay is the coach of, uh, women, coach of women's softball at Boston College. She was up on top of the hill, gave me a big hug. Shout out to Amy Kay. Uh, she was up there with her man, Chris, and they were out there just mm. with signs and giving people love and doing all the good stuff. And her dad, if it wasn't 30, he might be 28 in a row. So yeah. he's one of those people. And he is still killing Going it strong. for his age group and times yeah. that he's running. He's still killing it. So God bless. That's Joe. You know, Joe K is out there rocking it. Um, so they had a big day yesterday, you know, and, and the Sox pulled off the big comeback win last night. We're at the bar. The bar was going bananas. But yeah, Boston is a place for streakers, for people who have like been part of the history. But I met a lot of people yesterday who ran up on me, who listened to the pod, saw my shirt. And they're like, famous, man. It's my first. <laughs> famous in the, in the running world. <laughs> famous or infamous. I don't uh, know. Or I'll take either. I don't really care. It's all good press it, at some point. Right? It, is going, it is all good. But, you know, basically... A lot of the people that I met yesterday were, it was their first Boston. Mm. So how cool is that? Yeah. To be your first one to be in the 125th and a real race, sure, a reduced field because if some people couldn't get here, some countries, you just simply, there was no way for them to fly yeah. or make it here because of travel restrictions, et cetera. So to get here for us, you know, the big part for you was really London because, you know, that was tight managing with you having had the work off, the logistics pieces there. But the Chicago Boston thing, man, that that's just some hairiness. So and, yeah, yeah, I crossed the finish line in Chicago and I felt amazing. I was really uh, you texted me and told the, me, and I was like, really? Yeah. You're the, like, I felt great. There, there, you, like I said, I know I can run a lot of miles. I know if I run it smart, I'm not 
horribly affected. You know, I'm not, I've passed that point in my running career where usually I finish a race and even if I've run hard, I can still make it down the stairs at the end. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going backwards. And, you know, yeah. I, I remember those days. I used to be, I used sure. to be there, but I've put in enough, my body knows what to expect now. Um, but yeah, I crossed the finish in Chicago. I was like, oh no, I feel really good. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I got to go back to my hotel and pack up all my stuff because I got to be on, on a train in an hour to get to the airport. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it in time. Yeah, so, we, were, we were texting and I'm like, I, what, I'm getting, a, I'm on the way to ORG. And I'm like, <laughs> she's on her way, baby. Because I, I like, was nervous for you. I didn't even tell you like one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, yeah. like the, thank goodness uh, it worked out. I was in the first star wave. So I was start, 7.30 start. So yep. that helps a little bit, a little bit extra cushion time. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't dilly dally at the finish. I know where the finish line is. You go into Grant Park there, and then there's a million things that you can do, right? Yeah. Nope. Grab my metal. Grab my heat you sheet. I didn't gone. even grab a heat sheet because it was still warm yeah, out. Still warm. It's like, eh, I don't need that. Um, grab my beer because there's you get a free beer at the yeah, end of Chicago. Of those three, the Goose Island three one two. It's a huge can. I was oh. like, I can't even finish this before I leave the park. But I'm not down it. Oh, I, I drank as much of it as I could. Yeah. And then basically sprinted down the stairs out of the park and I'm watching all these other people, you know, like doing the the zombie, like backwards down the stairs. So it's really not 81.9. We really have more miles. Oh, there's a lot of miles. Here. Oh, and I, I walked a lot of miles on Saturday and I yeah. walked a lot of miles in London. Yeah. And I've walked a lot of miles here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of time on your feet. Uh, but basically sprinted down the stairs, like crossed the street into the hotel, packed up all my stuff. You know, the room's a disaster. So I'm like going through, like trying to make sure I've got all my stuff. I'm like, well, if I forgot something, someone, I've got my bib and my shoes and what I'm going to run in tomorrow. So I'm, I'm good. If I forgot something, my brothers can clean it up and bring it with them. <laughs> Wait, and, room disaster? As we like pan around and look at my room, like there's just stuff uh, everywhere. It's not a terrible disaster. Okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you've been running and you know, you've got all your things laid out. And by laid out, I mean exploded. Yeah, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to take the <laughs> iPad and pan around the room to show anyone. No, no. no one really needs to no. see it. Um, but yeah, packed up all my stuff and basically went out of the hotel, got on the train, went to O'Hare. I had about an hour, uh, just over an hour to kill. So I went to the macaroni grill, ate Ooh. this giant bowl of spaghetti. Nice. I was like, yeah, I needed that. And that was good. Cause I knew, uh, you know, the flight's leaving at four, but then you've got the time change. So I'm not getting, I'm not landing until eight o'clock at night. Yeah. So I was actually worried about I'm like, I'm going to need another meal. I, and I have no idea what I'm going to eat when I get yeah. here. Um, flights on time. Thankfully, there was a lot of, there were a lot of flight cancellations and a lot of issues with um, one airline in particular on, on yeah, Saturday. Southwest. And Southwest right? yeah. yeah. And I, I flew Southwest when I, um, part of my travel plans flying from Boston to Chicago after I came to the expo here, I flew on Southwest. So mm -hmm. I fly them sometimes when it's convenient. You know, I've, Bray, we talked about brand loyalty, yeah. but sometimes you got to do what works the best yeah. with timing and everything yeah. else. And just by stroke of luck, I picked an American flight coming back over here and it ran smoothly on time. Good news for you. Yeah, it was good news. Um, my cousin Maria was on Southwest and she yeah. had a very delayed flight, but yeah. did get here. Um, I think she got to our hotel room at like, because she stayed with me at like one o'clock in the oh. morning or something, but oh. she still rocked it yesterday. She had, yeah. she had a great race and she's, she's got the right mindset and the you know positive attitude about, about what it is and what it means to be here. Um, but I got to my hotel and then just by sheer luck, I was like, man, I really, I like to have a big protein meal like the night before a run. Yeah. So I'm looking for like chicken, right? Just plain something chicken. Yeah. And there's this place across the street that's still open and I'm in Cambridge and there's not a lot of things open on Sunday night after like nine o'clock at night. True. And this place is open till 10. So I'm like, go in there. So I just like 
threw my stuff in the room, beeline across the street. I was like, I don't even care what they have to eat. Like it's open yeah. and it's there. That's it. I walk in and like their main feature is like a half chicken. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, score. <laughs> Sold. I was like, I will have that and I'm going to have a beer and then I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was your photo. Yes. It was the big giant hunk of chicken. chicken. I still remember that photo. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You texted. I'm like, this girl's got it going on, man. She and, knows what's up. Yeah. And then, you know, I still had my oatmeal. I bought an extra one at the yeah. hotel in Chicago. So I had that in the morning when I got up and um, yeah, headed over and we, we got on the bus to go to Hopkinton. Yeah, we rock. We rocked the logistics, and we rocked the logistics in London. We had the marathon tours bus. I mean, it was mm-hmm. you know, yep. I was part of two third part of two thirds of the leg yeah. of the adventure. This is yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, the meals, all of it, man. It just shows you you gotta roll with life. That's just it. That's all it is, man. It's not gonna be perfect. Your race day weather isn't gonna be perfect, and your training cycle isn't gonna be perfect, and all these other things. Just go out and make the best of the day. She got in at one o'clock in the morning. How many people would be like, I can't believe this happened to me. I'm going to run the 125. You can go to bed angry or miserable or feeling like you're defeated or the world's against you. We talked about it after the race. She's like, I'm just so grateful. She's like, this was the best thing ever. I got to be here and I got to run the 125th Boston. Attitude. Attitude, people. You can always, you can spin anything you want. It's just like, you can spin the story to make it sound better, or you can exaggerate the, the high points or the low points. But the truth is, if you take some positive perspective on any situation, you could be like, oh, this is going to be a better story to tell. Yeah. Okay, I got to overcome this. I got to one in the morning, I'm going to have like four hours sleep. Oh, great, great story to tell my yeah. grandkids one day. Yeah. Or any one of my running friends will still put up with me and listen to my shit, <laughs> you know? And if they don't want to listen, then I'll find some new ones who will. Exactly. Like, there's, always, there's always some sucker out there that you can exactly. suck in with. The, uh, yeah. Exactly. Or the Uber drivers have to listen. You know, you got mm-hmm. them or your barber. Well, in my case, a barber doesn't really get to hear many stories from me because I'm in and out of there in like, you know, like four seconds flat. But, you know, in the old days, I used to be in the chair for a while. I could, yeah. you know, Good. get some tails going, but... Uh, so as we're, so we're basically, you know, yeah, at this point, that brings we kinda, us to, we, yeah, it brings us up to Boston to here now to Boston. Yeah. Um, so again, same race strategy, two hour half. And then the, the, the last half was just whatever, see what you've yeah. got left. There's, there's no real expectation or goal, but maybe try and have that four fifteen in mind yeah. still. Uh, I knew the Hills were going to be a challenge. Like, I just, you can't, I can't put that many miles on my legs in that many days and, do well on uphills. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. And also we hadn't run any hills. So I'd run the, very your, few hills. In your other two races, you're, you know, London does have a little bit of inclines here and there, yeah. Tower Bridge, you know, when you're going over, but nothing major. I mean, uh, some of the ramps, very much like Chicago. That's really the only hills in Chicago like when you're running, running across a bridge or a ramp. So mm-hmm. you, you, and you're running almost all flat. Yep. And you talked about engaging those different muscle yep. groups. It's totally different. And I, I mostly, so Chicago is always my goal race. So I mostly train flat miles. Yeah. I don't, I live in a very hilly neighborhood. Yeah, but I actually seek out flat places to run, and I I just train a lot of flat miles. So I, I knew I hadn't really put in the the training for the hills here. So my strategy was, if I feel like I need to walk on the hills, I'm going to walk on the hills, and I walked a fair amount of of the hills. Um, but I, again, I was surprised. I started off, and I was not sure even those downhill miles to start. You know, that can kind of wreck you um, a little bit. And I felt good. I felt good through the first half. First half was 157, so almost identical to, to Chicago. Yeah. I think Nail, my, my half in, in London was 158 or 159, so very consistent. consistent. Very consistent. So I was very pleased with that. Um, 
And then even after the half, like I still felt okay. You know, you come through Newton Lower Falls, you have that huge drop off. Huge drop. Huge drop. And I'm like, oh, I feel really good right now, but this is going to suck going yeah. up this first hill. And that first hill really happens even before the, the firehouse, right? Yeah. Like people don't think about that it one. Does. It's the overpass. That's the overpass. Cross, crossing that overpass is like somebody taking a two by four and smashing mm -hmm. me in the knees. Every mm -hmm. year, it doesn't matter. There's always like a crosswind. It's, I feel like I can never get to the top mm. of that freaking bridge. Yeah. It just keeps, it goes on It's forever. like you're on a conveyor belt that it goes just keeps on moving and then you're finally up there and you're like, ah, I can breathe again. But I, I tried to channel, like harness that like downhill energy and I was like, yeah. I'm not going to walk this one. Like yeah. this one I'm going to get through whether it's like the slowest running I've ever done yep. ever. I'm just going to keep the feet, the turnover going because yeah. I think that's important for me to not have a break point just yet. I need to get a little bit farther before I allow myself time to slow down a little bit more. Uh, so I did. So I ran up that one for better or worse. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know, then the, then the rest of the race was just, it was fun again. You know, yeah. I, I took, I stopped at the bottom of Heartbreak Hill or, or right where the Heartbreak Hill running company is. Yes. Yes. And I took a selfie there and yeah. there were a bunch of people standing there and everyone's in my selfie, like uh, pointing at me like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, like they just riled them up. It was great. They were like, how do you, I send it to someone. They're like, how do you know these people? I'm like, I don't know any of those people. <laughs> they were just having a good time. They just wanted to see someone, you know, come over to the side of the road and take a random selfie that's boston man. Um, but i was trying to get you know the heartbreak hill in there because i wanted yeah. to send it to someone and be like i'm here i'm yeah. into heartbreak you I'm know and, and as i was walking the hills a little bit i, I would send updates to some of my friends yeah. and family i was like this is where i'm at getting Here's closer going on, getting closer um so that was a nice little break to be able to to do that were they all tracking you yeah everyone was tracking. i don't know if you saw because i just didn't even notice it i got an email today yeah. like people could leave messages yes in your tracker and yes. i didn't even know people were in there or tracking yeah, me i've got i got a few of them yeah. i knew they were leaving them one of them told me they were going to do one of my friends so yeah, I left you a thing, but I don't know if you ever saw it or not. I was like, I did. It just didn't come up with like a notification, yeah. but I got it. Thank you. That that means a lot. Yeah. Super cool. So that takes us into heartbreak. Yep. So I walked, uh, I walked at least a portion of each of those three Newton Hills. Um, not all of it. Yeah. You know, I had my, you know, you do that thing where you're like, I'm going to run to that point right yeah. there and you pick it out and you're I like, I'm going to make it that far. And then I'm going to allow it. myself just to, to recover up to the top. Love it. Perfect. And as soon as I hit those downhills again, it, it felt good. Yeah, it brought you back. Yeah. And once I got to the top of Heartbreak, I really didn't walk anything except for, you know, briefly in aid stations all the way to the end again. Which was your strategy was, anyway. Was so strategy. You, you had your plan and you stuck to it. Yep. And when, when you came down the hill, you, you know, once you scaled the very top Heartbreak mm. and Boston College is on your yep. way and you blitzed down Cleveland Circle and you got all those train tracks to navigate. <laughs> try, not because, to, try not to trip over. And, um, and at that point, you've got runner's brain, right? Like, yeah. I don't care if this was your only race. Thank or you. And it's a thing. Three and eight days, limited sleep. Eating meals on the fly, just time like pulling shit all together. Time zones ever, and it's just like, don't, don't fucking trip die on the this train railroad track. <laughs> Do not become a casualty mm -hmm. and not run three marathons in eight days. And you wouldn't be sitting here because you'd be in like a fucking ER room. Yeah, I'd be in like, cast. yeah, exactly. And I'd like, be like, well, you were going to be on the show, staff, so but, but unfortunately, you're in surgery, getting your leg repaired because yeah. you just biffed it on the train track. Yeah. Um, no, I remember that very clearly from Boston 2018 because the, when I ran in 2018, I got there and it was just a flood and you yeah. couldn't see the train tracks. And I was like, oh, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so coming around there, I'm always like, okay, train tracks are here. Don't die on the train tracks. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the other ones in um, Framingham too, I think. Yeah. Where you, they're just unmarked and kind of unexpected. If you're not paying attention, you really have to keep your, your wits about you a little bit and pay Agreed. attention. And if you haven't run Boston before, they're just things 
like anything else, when you haven't been on a course before, there's really, on all the guides you're going to read, you're not going to read about that stuff. No. People are going to talk about the hills and the elevation and don't go out too hard and all, and people don't listen anyway because we tend to just be like, oh, I it's feel hard. so great. It's uh, hard not You're to. running downhill you, for you the first half, cross like that 14 line. plus miles. And then it's like, you turn at the firehouse, which is I think 17 and a half, give or take, yeah. right around 17 and a half. You make your first turn on the course at 17 and a half. It still boggles my mind. 17 and a half miles, your Straight. first turn. Right turn, first of the day. And then it's like, oh, hello, Hills. We about to have some fun in the Newton Hills. And everybody thinks heartbreak is so bad. I still say the first The first one's the worst. It's without a doubt the, the first toughest. one's the worst. It just, it's a right cross. It's a left hook. It's body shots. It's all rolled into one. And you haven't been even close. I mean, yeah, other than that overpass, which is absolutely should be counted as a major Actually, that's my, that's my least favorite hill in Boston is that overpass. Oh, me? I don't, I think... No. Almost everyone I know agrees with you on that, including me. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Because you just bomb down Newton Lower Falls and you're like, oh boy, I don't want to do this. And you just keep and you going. Know it's there. And that's where you see people walking all mm -hmm. the time. It's littered. People just stop. They're like, nope, I'm yep. not here for it. Oh, it breaks you. If you're not expecting yeah. to see it, you don't yeah. know about it. Because yeah. everyone talks about those Newton Hills after yeah. the firehouse. And then you've got this one like, where was this on my guide of yeah. Boston? It's just, yeah. We'll do, we'll do our own guide. We will. We'll come up with our own. So you make it through with your good strategy, huh. walking through the aid stations, picking points on the hills, getting over. You cross down Cleveland Circle. It's the last really dangerous spot where, you know, again, you said it great. Marathon brain, marathon legs too. Yeah. Three and eight days. I mean, you could just take a tumble because you're tired, you're fatigued. That stretch from there to me always feels like it's about eight miles. Mm -hmm. Like even from the point when you could first see the Sitco sign, it just seems to be further moving away from you. It's like, okay, that sign's supposed to get closer. Yeah. It seems like somebody's moving The it. sign is one mile to go, but I'm nowhere. It's there and it's so big, right? Like Huge. the perspective, it, you feel like you're very close to it and then it takes forever to get to it. You know, when you, when you get there, that's a mile to go. Yeah. But it just seems so far away for so long. And that's another hill, by the way. It is. It's that stupid incline that gets you up to like another bridge, which is kind of over by where Fenway Park mm -hmm. is off to the right there. And, you know, you'd make a right to get down to Fenway. It's like, I finally scale that and I'm like, I'm done with the ship. But then, nope, there's the overpass one, which is another one that everybody forgets about. Hates. Yep. You go down and you feel like, okay, good. I get to go and a little then, downhill. Then it's just like, it seems like you're running up a mountain at that point. Because it's kind of a, it's a, yeah. it's a steeper incline. It's short, but it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's right at the end, yeah. you know? And then you still got to run up Hereford too, yeah. which is uphill. True, true. But it's my favorite photo spot in the course yes. because you have the right side and the left side. And I'm a big left fan side because, you know, the photographers are laying on the ground over mm -hmm. there. So I'm always, always going there doing the hearts and doing all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> what's up people? What do you got for me? And again, if people are sleeping, I'll be like, no, this isn't going to happen. Not on my watch. I'm like, let's go motherfuckers. What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. It's like hands pointing this, that next, you know, everybody's going bananas. Oh, yeah. You now have like 500 new Boston buddies who just rooting your ass on. It's like, eh. Go Stephanie G. It's yep. like, yo, Ron runs everybody see, what's up? So that's it. And then once you finally, and it is, again, it's not a real hill, but yes, it is a, it's hill, a hill in Boston. It's a climb. It's like in Chicago. It's, it's a Mount hill. Roosevelt. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a mount. It feels like <laughs> one of them. You make the left-hand turn, same thing. And you make the left-hand turn and Boylston again. It seems like it's the airport where you keep going on the moving escalators. Uh -huh. It's like, how is this that short a distance? But it seems like it takes 20 minutes to run from here 
to there. Even in days well, when I was super fit, racing marathons at six minute pace, it seemed like it would take me like 20 minutes to go from here to there. It's true. And talking about like time and pacing and all of that. So I rounded the corner and I hadn't really been looking at my watch at this point. I, you know, I'm just running on feel and it is what it is. I'm going to finish this race. Like hopefully I'm somewhere around that 415 mark. I don't really know until I turn the corner onto Boylston. And I finally like just glanced down for a second and I was like, Oh, I'm going to miss out on 410 by one minute. Like, cause I knew I was like, you're doing like the four, calculations. I'm like doing the math. I'm like, it's going to take me this long to run that distance. And I was like, even if I run my hardest right now, like yeah. I, I, I'm going to miss out on 410 by like, eh. so I ran a 411 something like low. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's great. I'm I was super it. happy. I love it. I mean, what a way to finish. Yeah. I mean, just like on such a high note. And two, two marathons in two days, just it's just bananas. I mean, for somebody who lives for doing the banana stuff, it's bananas. Three and eight days, yeah, I, whatever yeah. fruit, it's whatever's more crazy and exotic and bizarre and wild. And I'm, I'm here for the the just crazy, seems like it should be impossible, Yeah, um, the personal challenge. Yeah. It's really just the person. Like, everyone's, why are you doing this? Why not? It's an opportunity. It was presented and I had the chance to do it. And and look, now you got a chance to share each of those races, the travel end of it, mm -hmm. the running end of it, the meals, all of the fun things, all the crazy things. You got a chance to share nice. it with the Run Chats audience. And trust me, there are going to be people out there are going to be like, I love her. I need to meet her. I want to be like her. She's super fun. I, she's a pilot. She's a doctor. Total badass. Yeah. I mean, I could say firsthand, one of my favorite running peeps of all time. Aww. But yeah, I mean, the story is going to going to inspire people to take on some bigger, more badass challenges. And that's that's what this show is all about. But I hope so. And it doesn't matter what the challenge is for you. You know, if you haven't run a marathon before, maybe this is your inspiration that, hey, I'm going to I've been thinking about signing up for this race. I'm going to I'm going to just go ahead and do it. You know, it seems impossible to me. Go ahead and do it. You don't know what's impossible until you give it a try. I love it. Well, this is why that's such sage advice. Because remember, Steph thought it was going to be a one and done deal. She signed up for Chicago because it was a charity that was important to her. Mm -hmm. It's a race where she feels a connection in that community. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was going to be a one and done. Like she had no idea like, hey, I might actually really like this thing. This thing might like me. You know, we might be a good mix together. Maybe I can do this again and have more fun and more adventures. But yeah, Many of my closest friends who are hardcore run junkies, travel junkies, this combination of all, that's what makes this whole thing unique and special. The chance to just travel around and meet your friends from Guatemala and Poland and all of these other countries that have this shared love of adventure and experiences. And, you know, if you don't have anyone to share it with, it isn't nearly as fun. No. Okay. But when you can share it with your really good running friends and now on a podcast show with other people, it's awesome, man. And I know there's going to be a lot of people inspired by the story. So thank you so much for coming on and giving oh. us- all the details, the blow by blow. We have a lot of other fun stuff we could have talked we got, about. We have one more detail because oh. we, we made these oh. numbers up. We didn't we didn't yeah. even mention. We had to calculate the total number of air miles. Flown. Oh, yes. yes. And air I debated, miles, please. I said, should I put it in nautical miles or statute miles? I figured statute because that's a little more accessible to people and the number's bigger, so it's more impressive. Um, all the air miles, the travel from home to London, back home to Boston, to Chicago, to Boston and back home, 11,168 air miles. Oh my in God. In eight days. Oh my God. <laughs> OMG, 
rock star, flying all the miles. So much fun. Getting all those mileage bonuses. That's from right. American upgrades. They, girl, they got to be just upgrading you, man. They need to use you in a campaign, man. <laughs> I, all Americans definitely getting tagged in this in this podcast post. It's going to be in stories. We're hitting them up big time. You know, I there's, think there's sponsorship never sponsorship needs to happen. For sure. For yeah. sure. There's never any certainties with air travel. You know, if you got time to spare, go by air. But I'll tell you what, they nailed it for me this week. So my thanks to to them. Clutch. And by the way, they're not sponsoring this no. episode. So if they really want to step up, <laughs> you know, we can see. But really, we need to get Steph sponsored. So let's make that happen. That's a goal. And anybody else that wants to feel like stepping up saying, yeah, this girl's got the adventuresome spirit. She's a badass. You know, hit me up at Run Chats. Hit me up at Ron Runs NYC. And get on Apple Podcasts. Tell everybody, man, I love this girl's story. She's living a big life you know, come on down, tell your friends to subscribe and listen to more awesome stories like Step Gene. So thank you, man, so much for coming on. Is there anything we didn't get to? I mean, we stick, we pretty much stuck totally to the three and eight days. Yep. Is there anything we didn't get to that you want to leave I, like, I as we, a shout out message uh, to anybody? Man, I think we covered, out? covered all those things, but you know, you nailed it and said, it's really about the experiences. And I was able to see so many friends and family and there were a lot that I didn't get to see. And I'm sorry, that just happens when you're on limited time and schedule, but you know, there's going to be more adventures down the road. So if I didn't see you this time around, I'll see you the next time for sure. Love it. Words of wisdom and look to the next adventure, man. That's what it's all about. So cheers, cheers. to the next one. Yep. Medals up. Look at you at all. You don't even have your London medal here. I know. I, it's already hanging on my wall yeah. with my, uh, medals up. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We got this. So when are you heading back? Uh, this afternoon. This afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually, I got to wrap up and spend a little bit of time with my family who's still here. We're going to go get some lunch and see the city a little bit. Nice. Enjoy. Give yeah. the give my best to your brothers and your dad. Will do. Um, until we get to do our next meal. So everybody just want to say, keep lacing them up, keep getting out the door, and always remember to stay in the fight. Cheers, y'all. Peace out. Wow, that was so much fun. Steph is one of my favorite peeps in the world. She just brings the best energy to life and puts it out there in the universe. And it's just so much fun to be around. So I hope you all get a chance to meet her at an Abbott major or on a running adventure of your own somewhere soon. Definitely give her a follow so you can keep up with her adventures of what she's got planned on the calendar next. And I just want to read the intro quote to everybody because I know it definitely got the juices flowing for me. And I hope by listening to it on the outro, maybe it'll inspire somebody to take a big risk, sign up for a race they've been holding off on, or maybe some big challenge they've been a little afraid to tackle. Just listen to these words before we roll out. I'm here for the just crazy. Seems like it to be impossible. The personal challenge. Everyone is like, why are you doing this? Why not? It's an opportunity. It was presented and I had the chance to do it. It doesn't matter what the challenge is for you. If you haven't run a marathon before, maybe this is your inspiration to go ahead and sign up and just do it. If it seems impossible, go ahead and do it. You don't know what's impossible until you give it a try. Can't imagine any better words to close this off with. Thank you all so much for being patient. as I've been running London and Boston the last few weeks and we haven't had any awesome, inspiring stories like Steph to keep you all fired up and energized and moving forward. Hopefully this is going to help get you ready for New York City or whatever uh, it's in front of you on your plate next in terms of racing and big life adventures. And as we say at the end, keep lacing them up, my friends. Keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight.